0: We continue in chapter 17. We've been going through the verses 7 to 23, which provide us a a summary as to what caused the exile of the 10 tribes. And so far, we've enumerated uh, a whole bunch of sins one by one, verse by verse. We see a downward spiral into idol worship and molech worship and witchcraft and all kinds of bad practices. And now we're going to finish up the summary with the last couple of verses that are going to speak about one last transgression of the kingdom of Israel and that was the rejection of the Davidic dynasty. So let's read the verse here. Verse 21. Ki <speaking in Hebrew> Israel had torn away from the house of David. <speaking in Hebrew> and they appointed Yeravam, the son of Nevat, as their king. <speaking in Hebrew> and Yeravam led Israel astray from following Hashem chata'a <speaking in Hebrew> And he made them sin a great sin. He caused them to commit great sin. The next verse, 22. And the children of Israel followed all the sins of Yeruvam, all that he did, they didn't turn away from it. So that's something we've been learning throughout. Yeruvah ben Avat, the first king of Israel, led led them astray, and they never recovered from it. Um, but we we want to ask here is... Um, Why does the verse blame the 10 tribes uh, for tearing away themselves from the house of David? That's what the verse says, uh, that they tore away from the house of David. Wasn't the split in the kingdom a a decree from Hashem? Of course it was. The the kingdom was split. There was a split between the 10 tribes and the kingdom of Judea. That was a punishment for King Solomon for marrying uh, the daughter of Paro and other foreign women who led him astray. And that's explicitly uh, written, if you go back to Kings 1, chapter 11, verse 11, Hashem is rebuking Solomon. He says to him, you did not keep my covenants and decrees I commanded you, and I will tear away the kingship and give it to your servant. And that, of course, is eventually going to be Yeruvah ben Avat. So the split was ordained from Hashem, from the heavens. And we read about it. We continued how Yeruvah ben Avat was anointed by the prophet. He didn't just pop out, out of nowhere. He was anointed by the prophet to rule over the 10 tribes. So the split was sanctioned by the Almighty. And if that's so, why does the verse say here? Why does it blame the 10 tribes for tearing themselves away from the house of David? Well, it's true that the split was a decree by, by, by Hashem, but they tore themselves away for their own reasons. Uh, the 10 tribes split up from the rest of the, uh, from the kingdom of Judea. Um, they did it for out of their own free choice. Their taxes were high. They felt underrepresented. They wanted more representation. You could go back and read in chapter uh, 12 in Kings 1, and they, they they say, What share have we in the house of David? What, uh, we have no heritage in the son of Jesse. And their battle cry was that that we have no part in, we have no we, it's not us, we're not being represented properly. And they said, back to your homes, O Israel. So they didn't split because Hashem was punishing Solomon. They did it for their own uh, for their own reasons, for their own interests. They certainly did not see Achia Shiloni, anoint Yeruvah Ben Avat. I mean, that was a very private, modest ceremony. If you go back, uh, they were in the field, the two of them, and Achia. And there, uh, Achiah anoints Yeruvam. It says to him, I give you 10 tribes. Uh, take for yourself these pieces, these, this garment. And he says "I'm." He says to Yeruvam, I'm tearing the kingdom away from Solomon. I shall give it all the tribes. I shall give 10 tribes to you. So the people um, didn't see that. <laughs> it's something we read, but that was between Yeruvam and Achia and Hashem. The people su- supported Yerovam because he represented, at that time, the resistance to Solomon that they wanted uh, that they wanted to rebel against, if not against Solomon, against his son Rehavam. And we saw even back then that Yerovam was described as being vaishir Yerovam gibor Chayel. He was a man of great valor, and we saw that Shlomo was impressed by Yeruvam and and. Uh, he elected him to a high post. He gave him a high post. Yeruvam was a big man in Shlomo's cabinet, but he rebuked Solomon, and so he was the leader of the ten tribes. He was their uh, he was their rebbe, and so it wasn't because Hashem said so, but because that's what they uh, that's what they did on their own. That's why the verse says they tore away from Beit David. It doesn't say they tore away from Solomon or from Rehavam, son of Solomon, which was. Mm-hmm. Actually, what happened, it happened when Rehavam, the son of Solomon, was king at the very beginning. In Shechem, there they pulled away and they split. Yeruvam split from Rehavam and the ten tribes went Yeruvam. It doesn't say they split from that, but they split from the house of David. And that, what the verse says, is teaching us that it was a rejection of the Davidic dynasty. And what's important about that is that when they split from Beit David, from the house of David, that, they're splitting from the temple, from Jerusalem, and they're cutting th- themselves off from their spiritual source, and that is probably the greatest contributor to their spiritual decline, that for 250 years, they weren't, they weren't uh, ascending to Jerusalem, to the temple. That was the beginning of, of the end for them. So now verse 23 is going to explain to us the final, this is like the final verse of that summary of the ten tribes, uh, and all that transpired with them, this is going to be the final boom, the punishment after all that. And there he lays down the boom until Hashem removed Israel from his presence. And then, of course, that's the exile. As he spoke through all his servants, the prophets, and Israel went into exile from their land, Ashura, to Assyria, Adayomazeh, until this day. And when it says until this day, that's literally until this day as we speak. Even though when Yirmiyahu wrote it, he's talking about until his day, which isn't much after this. But Yirmiyahu wrote the Book of Kings and he lived about this time, a little bit after maybe. But we can say until this day, for us as well, we're still waiting for them to come back. And now that we live in this era of Kibbutz Galiot, the in the gathering of the exiles, we're starting to see them trickle in to Israel. And um, another thing that's very important is in the verse. As we often do when we when we explain the punishments, and we give a little summary here, and then the final punishment, we mention always that that's what the prophets predicted, right? That's what he said. They predicted it because the, the Bible isn't just a history book of what happened to these kings and to this kingdom, but it's a book to strengthen our faith in Hashem and in his prophets. And they were predicting this way back from the first prophet, Echias Shiloni. He already said to Yerovam's wife, and, and he proofed them, said that there's going to be an exile if you don't get in shape. And Elijah and Elisha were constantly warning the Jewish people what would happen if they don't change their ways. And here it is. What the prophets predicted come to fruition and that gives reinforces our faith in the shaman and in the prophets okay so now what's going to happen the Jews have been exiled from from the Shamron so it says in verse 24 so what does the king of Assyria do he brings people in from Babylonia we're talking about the city a city of Babylonia in a, in assyria not the not the uh, nation Babylonia, not the country, from Kuta, from Ava, from Hamat, and from Severim. And these are all different areas in the area of Iraq, in the area of Assyria. Probably most of them came from Kut, Kuta, because we know that eventually they're going to, uh, the term for these residents, residents are going to be Kutim, as it's used in the Gomorrah, like Kutim, or like the Shomronim, so they're here. They came from Kut, and he settles them, where does he settle them? Baarei Shamron in the cities of Samaria, Bnei Israel Yeshuot Shomron. So Tachat Bnei Israel. So they they settle in the cities of Shomaria instead of the children of Israel. Tachat Bnei Israel. Instead, they take their place. The Yeshua Shamron, and they took possession of Samaria. The Yeshvu Aareya, and they dwelt in its cities. So here we go. We see the Assyrian uh, method deporting the local population that they conquer, and they carefully plan the relocation. They didn't just leave the place barren. They replaced the former former occupants of the land with new people, mostly Assyrians. And um, another point, notice it says that they settled a Reh in the cities of Samaria. And both the Mitzhuddat David and the Redak point out that they were settled in the cities of Samaria and not in Samaria itself, because the Shamron apparently at this point was just uninhabitable. It was level, devastated from the war. But we had a three year siege on the Shamron there, and that place was uh, uninhabitable. And so it's Are Shamron and not the Shamron. And because it was wasteland, the Shamron, that might contribute to what we're gonna see in the next verse about we're gonna see like lions coming out of the woodwork. So let's see what it says in verse. 25, and it was the beginning of their dwelling there. Sham Lo Yaru It says when they were uh, living there, they did not fear Hashem. Lo Yaru et And Hashem sent to them or incited against them lions, and the lions would kill them. So on a simple level, what's happening is they left the place inhabited for a long time. We saw the Shamron was a wasteland. And, you know, when you leave a place unsettled, all kinds of animals come out of the woodwork. And according to the Dat uh, Mikra, and I'll read what he says, that the process of bringing in the new inhabitants, the, the Goyim, to the Shamron was a long process. So it took a long time, even though in the Bible it happens like, quickly in one verse, it was actually a very low process, meaning that the place was uninhabited and animals come creeping out like, you know, after these lockdowns from the virus you have uh, these alligators you know, coming out into the streets and in Haifa you have, um, you have wild pigs roaming the streets because everybody's in their houses so that's what happened, the lions came out and the Torah if you look at the book of Leviticus chapter 26 verse 22, it speaks of Hashem Sending wild animals as his shaliach, as his vehicle to punish, just like in the ten plagues. One of the ten plagues was 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 these animals that were that were killing Egyptians. But it says in Leviticus that I will let loose the wild beasts against you. And it will bereave you of your children. It will diminish you your populations. So we see this concept of Hashem uses as his envoy, beasts. And specifically, lions we saw used in the Book of Kings one. Remember that Judean prophet that came to chastise uh, Yerovabenevat for doing the incense on the on the altar. On his way back to Judea, he was killed by a lion, and so was another prophet in the days of Ahab. So we see lions being uh, being uh, employed by Hashem. Even Samson was almost he was attacked by a lion, but maybe we'll get into that another time. Now they were punished because, what does it say? Lo Yeru et Hashem, they did not fear the Lord for the ba- their bad conduct in the land of Israel. And, you know, what do it mean they didn't fear the Lord? What kind of conduct was it? It's not just about worshipping idols. You know, when Abraham went into Egypt because of this famine, he had to flee into Egypt with his wife, he said the similar verse, there's no fear of God in this place. and they're going to kill me because of my wife, Sari. So, so, when you're talking about these new inhabitants in the Shamron, they didn't fear the Lord. We're talking about not just paganism, but we're talking about sins, uh, transgressions of um, corruption and theft and murder, just like Abraham was worried about getting killed. Now, the Redak um, has a long Peirush. And I'm just going to read a couple of lines here of what's going on. And he's going to ask a very uh, interesting question. Why were these going punished in the Shamron and they weren't punished when they were living in their lands? When they were sinning in their lands, nothing happened to him. Suddenly they come to the Shamron and they're getting killed by lions. So the Redak says, Because the land of Israel is holier than all the other lands. And it will not tolerate abominations. So, so the, because they were in the land of Israel, which there's a responsibility to act with a higher level of sanctity, they did not do that. They were uh, punished for it. And that teaches us that, that here in the land of Israel, we have, we have a responsibility to, to maintain the sanctity of it, not to have these gay parades in Jerusalem, which are against Torah. And if we do and continue to defile the land, we can get vomited out of here too. Or Hashem will send his animals or his Yishmaelites against us. So that's a responsibility we have to maintain and keep the sanctity and the Kedusha of the land intact. Now the Dat frim adds another factor here about these attacks by the lions. And he says it was a matter of Chil Hashem. And that's why Hashem sent these lions. Because the Goyim who dwelled in the land, they mocked the God of Israel and his people. After all, the land of the Jews here was desolate. The Jews were defeated. And that was a Chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name. So when the Jewish nation is, is, is uh, downtrodden, it's perceived by the nations as the weakness of their God. Chilul Hashem comes the word chalal, empty. It's like Hashem is emptied out of the world or he's weak and he can't protect his people. So they were mocking Hashem, mocking the Jewish people. So to sanctify his name and teach him a lesson, God decided to sick those lions on them to, bring, to restore in a small way the holiness and integrity of the land of Israel, kind of like what happened when the Philistines took the ark in the beginning of Shmuel Aleph in the days of Eliyahu Cohen, and it was a chilul Hashem that they defeated the Jews, but that that ark started to do all kinds of, uh, um, inflict on them all kinds of plagues and so forth to offset the chilul Hashem. And we're going to stop here, and we're going to see next year, what is the king of Assyria going to do about this, about the fact that lions are killing the residents in the Shomron,